Hello, and welcome to Sex for Money. This is a podcast where we talk about the business of writing, publishing, and selling romantic and erotic fiction. Today, we're going to talk about motivation. How do you stay motivated when all of these obstacles crop up in your path, or when you're feeling lonely and burnt out because a lot of writers at some point or another feel lonely and burnt out? How do you overcome that? How do you move forward and keep writing? Motivation is something that I will admit I struggle with now and then. Writing is a very solitary profession. You sit at your computer or your laptop, whether it's at home or in a coffee shop, and you type, 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 type for hours on end sometimes. It's completely different from a day job. Day job, you know, there's that social aspect of working with people perhaps the social aspect of working with customers. There's also the fact that if you're having a really shitty day, you can put in minimal effort at your day job and you still get paid for your day job. With writing, if you're having a shitty day and you don't feel like writing, well, if you don't write, then you can't publish, then you can't sell, so you're not making money. Uh, Writing and publishing requires a lot of self-focus, self-motivation, requires a lot of uh, self-discipline, which can be a problem now and then, depending on what life throws at you. I'm currently in the midst of writing two books, New York Heat and New York Ice. These are both sequels to my series Go-Go Boys of Club 21 and my series Men in the Hot Room. So I'm taking the two series, combining them in one, moving forward as if they're in the same universe. And they're both very long. New York Heat is going to clock in around 200,000. And New York Ice, the direct sequel, will also clock in around 200,000, perhaps even a little bit longer. Which, ask anybody, is very, very long. And I want to do all of that within 2018. That's writing over 400,000 words in 2018. Because I do also have other pen names that require some output at some point in the year. I can't throw all of my attention and energy behind New York Heat and New York Ice because succeeding as a writer, especially as a self-published writer, means putting out content for people to buy. If you don't do that, people are not going to buy your book. You're not going to make money. What makes this extra complicated, wanting to do all of that in one year, means smashing all of my word count records. My highest word count in a year is around 360,000. So I want to go more than 50,000 above my previous record. That is a lot of writing. Um, It's currently March 3rd, and I'm at about 100,000. So really, I am on track to do it, but I really need to pick up the pace. Thankfully, this is the month of March, which is Camp NaNoWriMo, um, which is a bit more of a relaxed form of NaNoWriMo. Uh, And I have a writing group that likes to get together and do 20-minute sprints, where we just, everybody shuts up for 20 minutes and we write. And we do two or three of them in an evening. And I have a bit of vacation time from my day job at the end of March. I'm really going to hammer down on my writing. I want to reach that 200,000 word goal by the end of March. So I have four weeks to write 
I'm about 110,000 and it might be about 190,000. So really it's more like 80,000 rather than 100,000. But I want to write 80,000 words in one month. That would be my most productive month ever. However, uh, with this project, I do find that I'm able to do really high word counts because I'm very motivated about it. I absolutely love the story I'm writing. I think it's the best thing I've ever written. I'm really excited to share it with readers uh, when it comes out. So in an evening, if I'm listening to a, an album on iTunes, so about an hour to an hour and 20 minutes, I can sometimes do 2,000 words. If I've got a Saturday or Sunday where I don't really have a lot of other commitments, I can sometimes do eight to 9,000 words on a Saturday or Sunday. So that motivation to tell the story that I really want to tell, that I'm really enjoying telling, that I really want to get out on the page, that I really want to get out into my reader's hands, that is really driving me forward so that I can really get these high word counts that I want and the really high productivity level that I want. However, I know that I can only sustain this for so long. At some point, I'm going to feel a little bit burnt out. At some point, I'm going to have like that really shitty week or that really shitty month where like everything goes wrong in life. Everyone has one of those. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's going to impact my writing. And I'm going to not want to write. Or when I do force myself to write, I might get a couple hundred words. I might stare at the page. I might write 50 words. And those 50 words would be so bad that really I'm going to rewrite them when my motivation gets back. Well, you know what it's like. You're a writer too. Motivation is one of those things that we can't really force but if we're authors who make money on output of words, we have to find a way to force it. And that's a challenge that every writer encounters at some point. How do you stay motivated when you don't want to be motivated? I don't think there's a real answer to that. You can think of ways to fix what's preventing you from being motivated, like if there's a specific thing that's like, you know what, this is really messing up my schedule and I'm too exhausted to write and it's killing my motivation, maybe you can do something about it. But it could be something completely out of control. Maybe you lost your day job and you're uh, looking around for your next job and you can't focus on anything until you're in another stable job. There's nothing you can do about your motivation to write if that's the case. You can try to force it, but if all you can think about is, I don't have a job and I need one, then that's going to be where your energy is. So if you have one of those weeks or one of those months where you're not motivated, don't beat yourself up over it. We've all been there. We know what it's like. And really, if you're going to force yourself when you really don't want to do it, it might come through in your written word. Because sometimes you can tell when someone is writing something that they really don't want to write. Motivation is a very personal thing. Different people get motivated by different things at different times. Like with my books New York Heat and New York Ice that I'm writing right now, I'm super motivated because I want to tell the story. I love the story so much. 
But other times, my motivation is not about the story. My motivation is, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, For one of my other pen names, I need to write a short story because I need some of that regular output. And we'll talk a little bit about that in next month's episode. But my motivation for writing that short story was as soon as I finish that short story, I can go back to New York Heat. That's the one I really want to work on. And so when I write this short story, I have to keep in mind that I don't want to sound rushed. And I don't want to sound like I'm writing this just because I have to, not because I want to. So even though my motivation is I want to get back to New York Heat, I have to find that motivation to write this short story as I'm writing it so that it's the best it can be. And that can be tough, especially when you've got a really high output schedule. If you're writing erotica short story after erotica short story, because really, if you're going to write erotica shorts, you need to write a lot of them. You need to publish a lot of them on a fast schedule. It can be really hard to stay motivated in that, especially if you're treating it like a business, which is not a bad thing. I treat my writing like a business, so it's not a bad thing. But if you're treating your writing like a business, you run the risk of, okay, I need to put out another product, got to get it on Smashwords and Amazon as soon as possible, and then I'm moving on to the next one. That type of motivation can impact your writing and your enthusiasm for your writing. So you have to be a little bit careful. But everyone works differently. Everybody's motivated differently. Everybody has different experiences. For this episode on motivation, for this discussion on motivation, I wanted to bring in another perspective. So I called up Ian Lewis, who is a gay erotica and MM erotic romance author, to talk about motivation, how he stays motivated, how he overcomes obstacles in his path for writing and publishing, and how he approaches a business of what he does. Here now is that interview, and I apologize ahead of time for the audio quality. It got a little bit grainy and scratchy uh, and staticky at a few points. Uh, Stick with it. It does clear up at the end, and even when it's at its scratchiest, you can still hear Ian's ideas and passion very clearly. All right, welcome to the Sex for Money podcast, Ian Lewis. Ian, can you please introduce yourself for our listeners? Hi, uh, my name is Ian, and I'm an author of M.M. Erotica and Romance. Perfect. Um, So to start off, tell us a little bit about your journey as a writer. Where and when did you start, and how did you get to where you are? This is where I can ramble a little bit. Of course. Okay. Um, It was a few years ago, and I was working as a makeup artist. I did it for about 20 years, and I was becoming incredibly disenchanted with my job. And I picked up a book, and it was uh, gay fiction. And I'm 50 years old, so when I was starting out, well, when I was young, there wasn't really a lot of gay books out there. And so I was really surprised to find this book. It was called Zero to the Bone. And I had just gotten my first Kindle, and I read it, and I was like, I can write this. 
you know, I can do this and I can, you know, live out my dream. I'd always wanted to be a writer, but of course it was ugly before it became pretty. Mm-hmm. I, uh, started writing web content for content mills for extra cash. And that is the most miserable experience you'll ever have in your life. Mm-hmm. But you know, you do what you got to do. And, uh, then I, I quit my job and tried to make a go of it, just writing content. And Oh my God, that was just a huge struggle. And then I, um, well, I met a guy, and he taught film studies at a local university, and he wanted to write a screenplay together. So that was how I started writing fiction, was working on the screenplay with him. And uh, one day, I got to his place, and I had been reading an article about this woman writing monster porn, monster erotica, Yes, you know, like making it with Yeti and, you know, banging Bigfoot, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, we got to do this. Oh my God, we can make millions of dollars, you know, just writing Bigfoot porn. And it totally did not work out like that. No, it never does. Yeah. No, no. But we did end up writing two short um, form erotica pieces together that were really, really bad. And I think they made us enough to split a cup of coffee. Okay. Ah. Yeah. It was, uh, and it was totally, uh, not to market. And we had no idea what we were doing. It was called the temple Whores of India. It's actually still published. So go buy it. <laughs> Do you want me to link to it in the show notes so people can actually go and buy it? No, 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 okay. no, no. no. It is so bad. It is really bad. So anyways, so that's how I got my start of writing fiction was writing a screenplay and writing those two short erotica stories. Uh, And then it just keeps going from there. Where do you want me to begin with that or just keep going with this? Well, I do have a follow up question because. Okay. A lot of times when I talk to writers, it's like they've been writing for decades or they've had story ideas for decades before they made the jump into either self-publishing or traditional publishing. Did you Uh, have that experience or was it really when you read that book, you're like, I can do better? Oh, well, that's really weird. Uh, This is where it gets really personal in a way. I never had... I always wanted to be a writer. I always thought of being a novelist, but I never thought about the work that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I thought, oh, I'm just going to write this really cool story and somebody's going to buy it and voila. Uh, And it's totally not like that, as you well know. Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, I'm going to be totally honest with your listeners and say, I got into writing because I love writing, but also because I just don't have any skills. Mm. I'm not kidding you. I have no skills. I trained to be a concert pianist. Okay. And so my original goal in life was to be a musician. I, I was taking piano lessons at the age of seven, 
you know, and that kept up through my life. But there's no money unless I wanted to be a church organist. And believe me, you don't want me going to your church. So um, then I became a makeup artist. You know, I never went to college. I have no skills. Mm -hmm. So I always loved reading. And then I started dating the screenwriter guy. And then I was like, well, I can write short porn. And then I was like, I can write romance. And that's how I got into it. Um, I do have a great love of literature. I mean, I've been reading books. Uh, my grandmother was a librarian, and my parents owned a small press. Oh. So I grew up with literature. So yeah. it's just I had a round I had a roundabout way of getting there. Let's put it that way. Good, good. Now, uh, from when I looked at your website, it looked like everything you have you've chosen to self-publish. Was that, uh, do you only want to do self-publishing or do you want to try like a small press at some point? Because I know different authors like having different levels of control. And I'm just wondering where you sit on all that. Yeah, uh, I put a lot of thought into this. For the work I do in short erotica and gay romance, for the most part, I'm going to self-publish because I'm a control freak. I really... Um, I like being in control, but part of my long-term plan is, and this could leak over into another talk about KU, Kindle Unlimited versus wide distribution. Mm -hmm. I would really like to build my presence wide. And I think the best way to do that is not to self-publish. I think it's actually to go through a small press or a traditional publisher, and I intend on doing that. So uh, one of my goals this summer is I'm going to start working on a manuscript specifically for a traditional or small press. Okay. So in what you just said, it sounded like right now you're only in Kindle Unlimited. Is that Correct? Actually, no, no, that's not it at all. I'm actually wide for okay. most of my stories. Okay, mm -hmm. um, but I think that being with a traditional or small press has its advantages when you're trying to build an audience off of Amazon. Mm -hmm. I mean, my the bulk of my sales come from Amazon, and I will also say my next novel will be in Kindle Unlimited mm -hmm. because. I'll be honest with you, in gay romance, I think it's harder to make a living off of Kindle Unlimited than it is wide. And I want to change that. And that's why I want a traditional or small press to be behind me and helping me with the promotion. Because mm -hmm. it is difficult to do. Right. Kindle Unlimited holds you up, and it helps with the promotion. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, Barnes & Noble, Google Play, Kobo, they're great, but they don't help you with promotion. Mm -hmm. they, they really don't do that great of a job, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. But I want to build my audience there. So, yeah, getting a traditional publisher behind me would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'd like to move on to some more of our um, thematic questions for this episode. Uh, for the listener, we're talking a lot about motivation today. Uh, so how do you stay motivated through the long haul of writing? Because, as I'm sure, Ian, I'm sure you know very well that Writing is a very lonely, solitary, very long job um, where you're constantly faced with self-doubt. You might encounter bad reviews. You might have low sales. And it's like 
every once in a while you just want to give up. So today we're talking about how do you keep going. Um, so what of all the different obstacles you may have encountered in your writing career so far, what are some of the biggest ones and how did you overcome them? I feel like I've had like every big obstacle you possibly could have thrown at me. Um, like, all right, my very first success as an author was um, after the Temple Horrors of India, I decided to write uh, my first gay-themed uh, MM short, and it was called Playing Doctor under the name Enrique Cruz. Mm-hmm. And if you want to link to that, that you can link okay. to. It's, it's on Amazon. Okay. And uh, I distributed it wide, and it did phenomenal. I was like, what the hell? You know, this is really awesome. I'm making good money. I can leave, you know, I don't have to worry about finding another grinding nine-to-five job that I hate. I'll make money writing. But I made the bulk of my money on a website called All Romance Ebooks, which went bankrupt. And I lost about two-thirds of the money that was owed to me. Mm, yes. And that was huge. And I ended up going back and finding a really horrible, crappy job at a locksmith, being a dispatcher. It was so miserable. So miserable. And then um, another sort of obstacle was... Last spring, about a year ago, uh, my, I found out my father was dying. And I had literally that day been fired from my job at the locksmith. Mm. And so I moved to my parents' house, and I was motivated to write a novel because I was like, you know, these short stories are selling, but if I can just write a novel, that'll make me more money. And I know this is weird, but... For some reason in my head, I was like, if I just get this novel done before my father dies, everything will be much better. But of course that didn't happen. And that novel turned into a novella. And uh, I couldn't, it was a success, but I couldn't get behind it and publish it. Um, That novella was called Macho. And uh, it's also under the name Enrique Cruz. And you can link to that if you like. Will do. So uh, that was really hard emotionally, and I couldn't write anything for about two months after that. It was no matter how lonely I was, how depressed I was, it just there was just this wall after my father's death that I just could not climb over. So that sucked. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the differences I've personally found with writing, because if you have a crappy day job and, like, all the shit is going down in your life, you can still go into your 9-to-5 job, sit at your desk, and pretend to work and get paid for it. Yes. But with writing, you can't. And you some often you can't force yourself to write either. You can force yourself to write, but it might not be publishable quality. So, yeah, yeah you're whatever's going on in your life or your mood or if you're depressed that really affects your productivity which in turn affects your income which doesn't happen in most other professions Mm -hmm. now with a lot of your with some of these big obstacles or perhaps any other ongoing obstacles were there was there ever a point where you're like i think it's time to give up and find something else and if there was 
How did you overcome that? No, um, I never thought about giving up. And in that regard, I'm really, really lucky to come from the family that I do. Um, again, my family, almost all of us are in the arts. You know, if you got a normal job in my family, they would want to call the funny farm and send you there to see what's wrong with you. Now, we're all artists, and, you know, it never... I never even thought twice about not pursuing my dream. And my family was very supportive of me pursuing my dream. Again, that's really strange. Most people don't have that, but I did. And, you know, uh, both of my parents were pushing me. And now that dad's gone, mom is still very, she's in the next room right now, probably eavesdropping. So, you know, yeah, they're very supportive. So I've never, ever questioned myself. And I haven't done too badly. Good, good. Uh, so I have a question about that support. Sounds like your family is 100% on board. But personally, I've found when I tell people I write gay erotica or MM erotic romance, some people are like, that's awesome. And other people treat it like it's something to laugh about, like it's not serious. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I assume your family is the totally on board type, right? Yeah, they've been supportive. Uh, yeah, they don't care about the genre. That has absolutely nothing to do with Good. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had other people who have been dismissive, which has been disappointing, really. I have a friend of mine who's a copywriter, and when I told her I was self-publishing, oh, she gave that usual... Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Some, I've gotten to the point where I generally don't tell people what I write uh, unless I oh. know ahead of time that they're going to be the totally supportive type. So I've got some people that know what I do and a whole lot of people who don't know what I do. I get that. I just, um, I have a loud mouth or... So I tell everybody everything. That's my problem. So so let's focus a little bit more on motivation again. So I want to know what keeps you going as a writer. So what makes you open up that Word doc or Scrivener at the start of the day, sit down and start typing away at the keyboard? What drives you during the day? Currently, what is driving me during the day is the story I'm writing. Uh, I'm, I'm in love with the story that I'm writing. It's the best thing I've ever written. And I say this as an author who doesn't like his writing very often. Oh. Like I don't, I don't like most of my books and I can't read them, mm-hmm. but I really, really, really love this book. And I am also excited about a future project after that. Okay. So good. the other thing, and authors don't like to talk about this, Money. Money is a really big motivator. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I mean, we all want to talk about art. And believe me, I do write for art, but I also write to make a living. Mm-hmm. And there's no shame in my game. It's like when I was writing short, erotic, wank stories, it was for the money. It wasn't because I just wanted to write artistic porn. I wanted to make money. Mm-hmm. So that's a motivation people need to keep in mind, you know, put out really good work and 
most likely you're going to make some money from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that balance between art and business is really crucial because if someone's all art, they're doing it because it's art and no other reason, then they, I think they often fall short on the business aspect and they don't do as well as they could. Whereas yeah. on the flip side, if someone focuses just on the business, you can tell who's writing it purely for the money sometimes. Yeah, and you know what? I don't want to slam those authors at Neither all. Neither do I. Neither do I, yeah. But you can tell because you'll go, you'll buy the book because I've done my market research and usually you're just like, oh boy, you know, the, usually the the editing's a little bit slipshod, the, or it starts sounding very repetitive. You can tell that not a lot of thought went into the process. Um, and I'll be honest, that's part of the reason I'm mostly not doing short form erotica any longer. Um, I was putting too much effort into the stories mm -hmm. to make a profit on them, meaning I was spending too much time. Mm -hmm. And if you spend too much time on a short story, you're not going to make your investment back because I think you might know this when you yeah. publish short stories, you need to publish a lot of them on a frequent basis. And I could only publish like one a week maybe because I was spending so much time on it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why now I just do longer stuff. All right, so we have spoken a lot about, so far we've spoken a lot about the negative obstacles that might impede your motivation, obstacles that you have to overcome to continue doing what you're doing. So let's move away from the negative because we don't want to be a negative episode and let's focus a bit more on the positive. I want to know what are the good things about writing and publishing that tell you that yes, this is definitely what you want to do. I think the most, uh, my most, my personal favorite is when I get a message from a reader that they love my book. Mm -hmm. That that's the big one for me. If if somebody takes the time to send you a message saying, "Oh my God, I loved your book," that is what makes it worthwhile for me. That and the paycheck. Mm -hmm. Those two things. Yes. Uh, so speaking of that, do you have a favorite moment in your writing career? It could be a review that made your day. It could be a surprise email from a reader. So like, what is your most cherished writer moment? Yeah, it was, um, it was that story I wrote while my father was dying, Macho. Mm -hmm. And I have just gotten a very mediocre review. I've been really lucky. Most of my reviews have been really good. Oh, good. And, but this one person wrote that the story felt very rushed. Like I was trying to hurry my way through it. And she was absolutely right. I was trying to, you know, I was trying to beat the clock on my dad dying. So I was like typing away. So, when I got that review, in my head, I was like, oh my God, I really suck. This is just a bad, horrible story. And literally the next day, this woman sent me a message on Facebook saying she had just, just read that book and that she loved it. 
And that, that really kept me writing after that. That's one of those things that really motivated me to keep going. And then I realized I wasn't such a bad writer after all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I know what you mean, because I don't know about you, but it's not very often that someone sends me an email out of the blue or says something on Twitter. And when that does happen, it like literally makes my day. Yeah. Positive reinforcement does a lot for me. Mm -hmm. So now uh, you have a new book coming out, right? Yes. Okay. Can you tell us a bit more about it? Okay. I can only tell you a little bit because of reasons. Um, I'm writing uh, in a shared world with a group of six writers. And I'm really excited about this because these are some of the top writers in in, in erotic romance mm. today. Uh, their books are always in the top 20. Like, I could go on there right now and at least one of them has a top 20 book on the chart. But I have been sworn to secrecy oh. about this. Uh, they just said, because uh, I had to ask permission, what can I say about this subject? And they were just like, you can't talk too much about it yet. Uh, I mean, I could read you an excerpt from the book. I can tell you about my book, but I can't tell you the name of the book. I can't tell you the name of the world, and I can't tell you the name of the other authors. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you the release date is tentatively April the 3rd, and uh, it's just it's super exciting. I've learned so much working with my friends, and I consider them the... And uh, I know that readers everywhere are just going to love these books. Awesome. Uh, On April 3rd, or very close, make sure that you reach out to me and we'll put it on my blog and send it out on my newsletter. So that... uh, Sure, thank you. Yeah, we want our listeners to get a hold of it. So you can't tell us anything, can you? Uh, Well, I can tell you about my story a bit. Okay. Um, it is the story of a professional tennis player who is in the closet, as most professional sports stars are. Mm-hmm. He meets a young man and falls in love with him, and through that relationship, he discovers more about himself and ends up uh, making a life-changing decision because of that relationship. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that because sure. I don't want to give it away spoilers. And, uh, were you going to say something? Oh, uh, I think you mentioned you might be able to read an excerpt. Did I hear that right? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever read the prologue to it? Okay. Chip's muscular frame was drenched with sweat. His white T-shirt clung to him like a transparent second skin. It left nothing to the imagination. Tyler felt his cock lengthen as his eyes feasted on Chip's body. He lifted his gaze to his chiseled face and his heartbeat sped up. He wanted him now. Tennis could wait. He dropped his racket to the court and leapt over the net, closing the distance between them. Tyler grasped Chip at his waist and pulled him in. He smoothed the palm of his hand lightly over the stubble covering Chip's face. 
He was disappointed to see his blue eyes shut in response. Tyler could spend eternity staring into them. He felt Chip's cock pressing against his own, grinding into him. Sparks flared deep inside, and he felt pressure building within. Kiss me like you did our first time, Tyler whispered, then placed his lips on Chip's chin. Letting his tongue taste the younger man's skin, Chip laughed softly. Was the first time better than the last time? Because every time I've kissed you felt like the best time, Chip whispered, then opened his eyes. Tyler stared into them, amazed at the intensity of his feelings. Our first kiss is the one I remember most, because that's when my dreams came true. Tyler laid his chin on Chip's shoulder, pulling him closer. The feel of his heart beating next to his own made his cock twitch. He felt Chip's hand slide into the back of his shorts, cupping his cheeks and his calloused fingers. I want more than a kiss. I want to give you everything, all of me. I'm ready for another first. All you have to do is take me. I'm yours. Chip's body trembled as Tyler uttered these simple, heartfelt words. Tyler stepped back an inch and gripped the sides of Chip's face. Are you sure? Chip asked. His cock was so hard and ready. He pulled Tyler to his chest and placed his hands on his hard, round ass. Yes. There. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, dear listener, remember that comes out on April 3rd. We don't know the title yet, but it's under the name Ian Lewis, right? Yes. Okay. Ian O. Lewis. Okay. So definitely watch for that. Now, before we wrap up, I have one last question here. If a listener wants to find out more about you and your books, what's the best way to do so? Honestly, send me on Facebook. That's the best way for right now. And I have a reason. Uh, my website, which you've been to, is under the name Cruise Publishing. Mm-hmm. But since I want to become traditionally published, I know that most traditional publishers, they're not going to want to use a website called Cruise Publishing. Mm-hmm. They would rather have it under the author name. So I'm going to be revamping my website over the next month. So, uh, Facebook is where it's at. That's where I hang out every day, and I, I'm very, very friendly with my readers. I have almost a thousand followers, uh, and we have fun every single day. And I talk about my works in progress, and it's just a big party. Awesome. And listener, if you're looking for that link, I will share it in the show notes. So just head over to wherever you downloaded this podcast or to the website indieerotica.com slash podcast and you'll find the link there. So, Ian, thank you very much for joining us. It wasn't that scary, was it? Oh, no, Craig. I, I, I had a great time. Awesome. Thank you very much. I want to thank Ian again for joining us on the Sex for Money podcast. I hope you got something out of that interview, because I know I certainly did. With writing being such a solitary profession, I think we have to make that extra effort to connect with those around us, specifically connecting with other writers. Because, of course, it's definitely important and crucial to connect with our family and friends around us. It's but it's also important to connect with other writers. Because as much as you want to talk to your friends and family about the struggles you're facing as a writer, they can only understand to a certain extent. 
And so you need to connect with that other writer, someone who has gone through the exact same thing, who knows exactly what you're feeling. So I want to thank Ian for taking the time to share his experience and opinions and advice here on the Sex for Money podcast. As we wrap up here, I want to give you a little bit of a heads up for next month. For April, we're going to start talking about how do you make money writing erotic and and romantic fiction? That's a big question everyone has, and that's a question that people reach out to me with on Twitter now and then. And there's really no one way to make money writing erotica and erotic romance. And whatever I have success with, someone else will not have success with. What someone else succeeds with, I will not succeed with. So there's really no hard set rules for if you want to make money as a writer, here's what you do. One, two, three, four. It doesn't work like that. What we will talk about, and depending on how long it takes, it may be spread over more than one episode. What we will talk about is how I have gone from making 17 cents one month to making the mid to high triple figures. I'm still not a four-figure author. I hope to be one day. But we'll talk about how I made that journey and We'll also explore the different strategies I took. As I've alluded to before, I have more than one pen name. I have three erotica slash erotic romance pen names. We will explore the different approaches I took for each pen name because each pen name had a distinct approach. And some of it succeeded, some of it did not succeed. And we'll talk about those different strategies, what the risks are, what the benefits are, and how best to approach them. It may not work for you, but if you know in your head, okay, Cameron D. James did this, and he had this experience, so if I apply his learnings to how I want to do my writing and publishing, these tips might help me do a better job at it. At least that's my hope. This may end up taking more than one episode because there are three strategies I want to talk about, And I don't want these episodes to be too long. So we'll see. It might be one episode, might be two episodes, might be three. Uh, But we will talk about how you make money as an author of erotica and erotic romance. One last thing before we go. I started up a Patreon page for the Sex for Money podcast. You can find it at patreon.com slash sexformoneypodcast. You'll also find the link there in the show notes. This podcast is free and will always be free. Joining Patreon doesn't change that in the slightest. By joining Patreon, I'm asking for your support in putting together this podcast on a monthly basis. Funds from the Patreon will go towards uh, buying a better microphone, buying a better computer, or if the Patreon levels get high enough, this will turn into a bi-monthly podcast. So you'll get twice the number of episodes for just a little bit of support. Like I said, you can find out more at patreon.com slash sexformoneypodcast. That about wraps us up for this month. I want to thank you again for joining me, and I want to thank Ian Lewis again for joining us here on the podcast, and we'll see you next month when we talk about how you make money as an erotic or romantic author. Bye.